Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today, I'm here with Ryder. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, you're born in New York? I am, yeah. Are your parents from there as well? Yes. Like, my whole family is from there. We're very, very East Coast. And what do they do? My dad is a doctor. He's an ENT, so mm. that's very good for me because yeah. I'm a, a singer. Um, and that's ear, nose, throat doctor, so he handles everything to do with the voice. And mm. that's kind of sort of how I got started in music a little bit. Like, my dad knew I wanted to sing, and uh, he would go to all these conferences for ear, nose, throat, you know, doctors yeah. being taught how to better treat their patients. And some singing teachers would actually come. And he would mm-hmm. go up to them even when I was like seven and be yeah. like, hey, like my daughter sings. Can you, can you be her teacher? Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that's sort of so supportive. Yeah, that's how yeah. I got training at such a young age. So it was like oh, really, really cool. Yeah. How about your mom? My dad's, a, my, sorry, my mom's a mom. <laughs> she's, she has some real, like she yeah. has some real estate here and there, but mm-hmm. she's just our mom. Yeah. Where do you think you got your musical side from? Huh, well, so my, my mom's side of the family is not musical at all. Mm-hmm. And my dad is very creative and musical, except my dad. So them. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad's my gra- my grandparents on my dad's side, and my my cousins are um, also creative. My 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 male cousin is uh, my dad's side is a uh, producer for oh. music for TV. Oh, wow. So he actually created my first demo. Oh so my gosh. yeah, it's cool. Like um, for me, when I started writing songs, I had that outlet. I had a much older cousin, and I was like. Hey, can you? I just wrote this song. Can you record me? So I had my first demo, my first song I ever wrote, and wow. that's kind of how I started this yeah. from my cousin. Did you yeah. learn instruments also? Yes, I did um, piano and violin. Oh, up, yeah. And what kind of music were your parents playing in the house when you were growing up? Huh. Uh, well, like I, because of my my training, I was doing a lot of classical type music, and I was mm. figure skater and into dance, and so. Oh. A lot of classical around me. Yeah. Um, my dad kind of was the, I think, the, the leader of having our music in the house mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, basically, he loves soul, like soul singers, so we would listen to uh, like Mary J. Blige and also any big singer, so like Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Brian McKnight, um, like Michael McDonald from the Doobie mm-hmm. Brothers, Rod Stewart, so... It was all over the map, but mm-hmm. there was a soul influence, I think, that yeah. we liked. <laughs> yeah. And was it a really j- strong Jewish household that you grew up in? Yeah, I mean, we grew up, like, we've kind of uh, gotten more relaxed as time has mm. gone on. But when I was younger, we were we were kind of conservative. So it's kind of interesting to come out of that and yeah. be living in L.A. and be, like, super yeah. relaxed about it. <laughs> Do you think your creative process has changed, like, from... Having that really strong Jewish background to mm-hmm. now, your creative process has changed, or? I don't know. Um, I think that. I think that as I got older, I got a lot more open. Mm. I don't know if it was creatively or just in life in general, and I think mm-hmm. that can affect how you create. Yeah. Uh, but I was re- I was really lucky when it came to my music. My family was so supportive, and uh, obviously I had that out with my cousins. So there was some understanding of what right. goes on and. Uh, they really let me at a young age like be in studios, be running yeah. around and, and really learn from other people how to better write music, better make music. And so 
I feel like it was always very open flowing mm -hmm. with my creation. Yeah. So were you doing this like while you were still in school, like when you're still in the like the early session? So was that like mm -hmm. after school or like how did you make time for it? Yeah, it was once again really supportive family. Um, wow. I would go to the city and do. I would go to school, and then I would go to sessions after school, and then yeah, we would go right back and do the same thing and yeah. on the weekends as well. Oh, and these yeah. were all from your family, these connections that you found? Because you weren't really putting music out, right? No, 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 I was a kid. It wasn't really through family connection. I had, I, well, I made my demo, mm -hmm. and I went to my singing teachers, and um, my, co my coaches had had some other clients who, you know, were maybe well-known singers or mm -hmm. had friends who were producers. And so I said, hey, like, you know, I love what we do, but, like, what is this? I really want to do this. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were really supportive and introduced me to some producers who really sat there and taught me at 13 years old mm -hmm. how to write and record. And then I remember I needed a, you know, just for some of the songs I was doing, I needed some production deals done. And so I, I got an entertainment lawyer to handle those deals. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, he, he was really interested. I think he really thought at a really young age I had something mm -hmm. and then I did a show and he came to my show and he basically said you know she's really good for yeah. a 16 year old girl and let's let's get her in some sessions so he really started making some amazing introductions and at a young age I really got to work with some really awesome people people like like Dave Tozer who I discovered John Legend mm -hmm. it was like one of my first sessions where I was running Whoa. around and um like Claude Kelly, mm -hmm. Angela Hunt, Frankie Storm. So some of these writers had gone on to make amazing songs we all know today, but at the time they were just oh. on the come up. And I just got in there as a kid. Yeah. And really just like sucked it up like sponge. Mm -hmm. so Did that you, was how I Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever feel like, because you were so young still compared to them, that yeah. did you ever feel like, oh, they know a lot more than I did, or like I don't have that much experience, or it didn't really cross your mind at that point? It was both. I mean, in a way, that was a great thing. I, mm -hmm. I knew that I I wasn't as, as experienced as someone like that. And so for me, I was like, wow, this is such an awesome opportunity to really learn and see how they they write and what they do and then at the same time many of them really treated me like an equal in the mm. session they really let me have my ideas and definitely showed me as in they knew you know they knew more but still like let my voice really be heard so I know that's not usually the the flow mm. that happens with such young creators but mm -hmm. I was really lucky to have people around me who really wanted to hear my ideas mm -hmm. so did yeah. you ever feel like because you had so many people like working with you at that point your parents putting putting you in these lessons that you had a pressure to like okay I have to be like a teenage pop star or something yeah I mean I think at the time everybody felt that pressure mm -hmm. different time in music I think that we've sort of moved on from that phase of things in a way I think that um, there's definitely a market for that but I think older more mature music is finding its home and I think people really respect and are, are kind of cultivating their niche of music in a different way, maybe mm. because of what's happened with Spotify and all these mm. platforms and SoundCloud, and people feel, I think, very in control of what they want to listen to, and it's not so much being fed music anymore. So I think that also, over the years, has changed my outlook on what I want to make as mm. well. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you describe yourself back then growing up? As a really young kid, I was very, I was very shy, yeah, for sure. I, like, I was outgoing in certain ways, but I think 
you know, with other kids, I, I think I always felt a little separated. Mm. Um, and, and I think I felt in the studio, I really felt like I, I flourished and I shone and I felt safe there. And so it was a really amazing outlet for me that I didn't maybe have outside of that. And then I got a little older and I got a lot more social. Mm -hmm. And so like that happens, yeah. a little maturity. <laughs> um, so it's, but it's still the place that I feel like creating music, being in the studio is the place that I feel the most safe and, and the best, honestly, mm -hmm. still to today. Yeah. Did you like school growing up? Does anyone like school? <laughs> <laughs> I still have yet to find artists. Some have like gone on to grad school, so I guess that means yes, but. <laughs> um, I mean, not really. I think I loved my time outside of school a lot better than in school. Mm. Um, I feel like I was always the kind of person who always felt like no matter what I did, I had to do it great. Mm. And so when you're in school and you're doing a million other things and you're recording and spending your nights doing that, mm. I think that I always just felt the pressure to, to do really well. And so, yeah, it just wasn't my favorite place to be. I didn't feel as creative. I felt very structured mm. and I felt like I, I liked everything else I was doing so much better. Yeah. Was there ever a disconnect between you and your classmates because you were doing all these like adult things, being in sessions with a lot older people or? Yeah, I mean, I think that I always was around adults a lot. Mm -hmm. I had much older siblings. My parents were a bit older than everybody that I went to school with because of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I always just got along with adults. Like, I just was always around adults. And so, I mean, I ask people now, like people randomly mm -hmm. from school, you know, they kind of just say like, no, you were there, but like, you were not really there. Mm -hmm. You were like, always gone, I feel like. And I think that was because I was just, constantly focusing on the thing that I wanted to do most, which is music. And then why did you decide to attend NYU? Well, um, I wanted to be in New York. Mm -hmm. I knew that, and I had a manager at the time in, in New York, and uh, the great migration to LA hadn't really taken place yet. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. New York was still a great place to make music. And it was exciting, I mean, some of the most amazing music in the world has been inspired by New York and mm -hmm. so I just I loved the energy of it I loved being there and I didn't see myself leaving and I guess I didn't even know at that point if I you know wanted to go to school I, I really wanted to do music but I figured I went to the Gallatin school mm -hmm. which is individualized study school and it really was a great thing for me because it provided me an opportunity to do my music and go to school at the same time because they're very understanding mm -hmm. of people who are doing and making things outside of school. So it was like the perfect combination for me. Yeah, but you felt like you couldn't start your career. I mean, you said you didn't like school though, right, before, but like... <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, families are pushy when it oh. comes to not doing yeah. school and doing music. And so for me, I found kind of a happy medium mm -hmm. where it's like I could still be in school but I could still be creative. So, mm -hmm. and NYU is a great place. You're surrounded by tons of creatives. Like there yeah. were tons of people in my class too that were mm -hmm. doing the same thing that I was. So, and you're already putting out your own music at this point. Um, when I first went to school, no, actually. So oh. that kind of happened like later on. Yeah. And then what clicked to you to put out music? Because you've already been in music for so many years, but you never. Did. Yeah, I think I, you know, I tried to go the traditional route. I think I tried to take the meetings with the A&Rs and get signed mm -hmm. and do all of those things. And kind of the same comic kept coming up where it was like, you know, you're great. We love your music, but we think that people, it's a little left. I don't think people are going to quite get you. And I 
you know, I, I kind of was a little bothered by that. I was like, I, I don't know. I, I was like, I, I just don't know if I agree. And it kind of became this thing where I was like, you know, let me just put it out on my own and see what happens. And I put out my first song, Pretty Little Gangster, and literally within like a couple days, we were up to like 300,000 plays. And then I got put up by a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, Suicide Chief. Uh, Suicide Chief, yeah. which I didn't even know what it was at the time. <laughs> That's huge. Because I was like, what's that name? <laughs> what is that? What's the YouTube channel? Like, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know any of these things. And, you know, some people around me were like, we're doing that. That's really cool. And so I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And so that obviously, you know, skyrocketed. And it skyrocketed the song. And that was kind of how I started. And I was like, you know, this works. No matter what anyone has said to me. I can put out my own music and it's, it's working. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of how I started. Did you already have a team of producers working with you at that point? Not like a team formed around me, but I, I was out here writing. I met a lot of um, awesome people that I connected with. So I had I was working with a ton of people and mm -hmm. doing a, a bunch of sessions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so right after, so you graduated and then you moved straight here or? Oh yeah, yeah like, oh, okay. Were you working <laughs> other jobs? living here first because like how are you sustaining yourself financially well I basically when I was in school still I was doing some stuff in, in dance music and I had some placements in dance music and so that's sort of what led me to come here I actually was possibly going to do uh, a development deal with Interscope and so mm -hmm. I had moved here to do that and I was very lucky that I had placements throughout college so that's sort of how I was able to do that. Oh, yeah. like writing placements? Like you wrote for yeah, other people? Yeah, I wrote for some other people and, and sang on some dance records and things like that. Oh, so that's you had to like put your name out there like behind the scenes more and then like had the connections? Yeah, yeah, both. I mean, it's so funny when you're making music and you're in studios and you're writing constantly, you meet a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, or you're sending out music or you've worked with somebody and you're, you're doing all the right things and you have talent, I, I think that it it kind of starts to spread around the area and people hear about you and, you know, they recommend you for something. Mm. And so I was very lucky in that. And I also was always somebody that, like, if I wanted to meet somebody and I wanted to do something, I would make it happen. Mm -hmm. That was just my personality. So I think all of that combined allowed me to come here and really be able to work very consistently. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky. Which artist did you write for? Um, I wrote for, my first placement was one with John Dahlbeck and this girl named Agnes Carlson. She was a big singer in Sweden. Mm. So that was my first placement on Big Beat, I think under Atlantic. Yeah. And I wrote for an artist called Dairo, and he's on Harbaugh's label. Mm -hmm. And then Blaster Jacks, I did a single for them as well. So kind of was jumping around and yeah. working with a lot of dance artists. And it was a really cool experience. I got to see a different world from myself. Mm -hmm. And what about Interscope made you want to sign with them? Well, I didn't end up signing Oh, you didn't end up signing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was interest. I was a young kid. I, I, you know, you're thinking about leaving school and someone offers you an opportunity. You're like, oh. I don't even have to think. I, yeah. All I want to do is music. And, you know, record labels are a lot more complicated than that. Mm. And just the deal kind of fell apart before we signed it. So... What I was really lucky about was that I had already kind of set down roots here. I had started working and developing, and I really 
just had so many opportunities coming my way that I was just like, let me just write and continue exploring who I am. Because mm -hmm. I was young, you know, I didn't, I hadn't fully formed what writer's sound was going to be yet. And so through writing and through meeting different people, I was able to do that. Yeah. For like two years before I put out music. Oh. Yeah. How long after did you sign your first deal here? Well, I didn't sign a deal. I'm independent. Oh, oh nice. I've been independent the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that still a conscious decision? No, I think it's just been what's happened. I think that, you know, a deal is a commitment mm -hmm. and you want it to be the right one because it's not easy to get out of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've been really enjoying putting out my music independently and having that control. But I, I think that when the right deal is supposed to happen and the right home comes along, that, you know, it will happen. I just haven't been rushing it. Mm -hmm. What was the inspiration behind Sade? The inspiration behind Sade was we were in the studio. Initially, we kind of made, we're making beats. We were getting really inspired by 90s hip hop beats. I'm really influenced by, you know, Santi Gold, Grimes at the time as well. I was really into those sounds and so, you know, I sound a bit different from them. So I was like, how do I take these sounds and basically put my own twist on it? And so we really formed the beat together and we kind of wanted, we did the idea of basically, if you are going through a bad breakup, what are the things that you do to kind of just get over it? You know, you don't care, you're with your friends and you kind of throw on your favorite artist mm -hmm. and you know, just let it all float away. And so Sade was the artist we chose. So, yeah, so that's, it was just an example. It just like came up and we we're like, yeah, of course, let's do that, let's go forward. It's the name of the song. And what was the idea for the cover art itself? Because I love it so much. Thank you. You know, it was funny. I actually had different cover art. It was, uh, I, I a lot of times have fans make my, my cover art with me. Because mm -hmm. I, I just love that connection. And we had done one, and I had kind of used a program to make the art. Mm -hmm. And it basically wasn't big enough. No matter what I did in the program, it, I, couldn't, oh. I couldn't make it big enough. So the day before we had to submit it, they were, they were like, well, there's nothing we can do. It won't be, it won't be large enough. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, damn, what do I do? And I had remembered I worked with an artist called Dewey Saunders. He's an amazing, amazing graphic artist. Mm -hmm. And we had made these images a few years past and I was like I think I have these pictures I think this will work and so I went into it and I contacted Dewey and I was like hey I know it's been a second but like I want to release this picture as the cover and he's like great awesome he sent me the high reses and I actually went in and I I really like graphic art like I'm not mm -hmm. amazing at it but I can do something so I actually yeah. like started putting all the my name and Sade and oh, this on it. Wow. I liked the 3D, thought it looked really cool and kind of sent it out. And I was like, this was a quick change, yeah. but I, I think it'll work out. I you love know? it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think your music has changed since the early songs you made? Huh, um, like Pretty Little Gangster and Ruins. I think that I think that I've become a lot more aware of where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And also, I factored in a lot of types of music that I like and I get inspired all the time. And I think I'm not really scared to be in a box. 
I think that the more music I've put out, I think I want to show people that I have a lot of range and that they'll get a lot of interesting things from me because like who wants to listen to the same type of music over and over again? Mm -hmm. I don't, so I don't want to make yeah. that same type of music over and over again. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of like eclecticness and just keep bringing in things that inspire me. Mm -hmm. How do you see you've grown as a person outside of music? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you uproot your life and move across the country and make all new friends and learn a ton mm -hmm. of things about yourself you didn't really have to know because you were still in the yeah. same state as your family and all your friends that you, you had growing up. Uh, yeah, I think I grew a lot as a person being out here. I'm, I'm very much a doer, so mm -hmm. moving wasn't really a question. I didn't really sit there and be like, oh, you know, I'm nervous. I wasn't, I wasn't like that, but, you know, being out here a few years, you just grow. Mm -hmm. And definitely, definitely have had a lot of experiences here that have made that happen, for sure. Mm -hmm. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far? I think not getting caught up in what the sound is supposed to sound like. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes with curating and you're trying to curate, you can, get, you can overthink everything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> I can overthink a lot. And sometimes overthinking doesn't always lead to making the best music. So I kind of have to step back and just be like, you know, let the process happen and just make the music I'm feeling like making and not overthinking, is it enough like this or is it enough like this or is it accomplishing that exact goal? Because you could accomplish that goal without forcing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of, for me, a challenge. What does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? I think I'm learning more different types of love the meanings of different types of love. I think that, um, you know, challenges come up in life. And I think when you're willing to drop everything and drop your past with people and really mm. move forward and really be there for them no matter what, that's something I've learned is, is love. Commitment to something. I mean, I think, especially with music, mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things you should not do if you don't love it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard, it's very emotional, it's taxing, it's all of those things, and there's plenty of other ways to spend your time if you aren't in love with it. Yeah. Um, I just happen to be a sucker, so <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I've done it my whole life and there is nothing else, so yeah. Well, I feel like when you, you don't see anything else but that, like that's real love, it's real commitment, so mm -hmm. yeah. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? Um... I think I want to be remembered for like having a voice and that's also vocally but also just having something to say, having something that really relates to people. I think more and more, a lot of times I, like recently I've been getting messages and when people say that my music's really touched them, that they went through something and it really hit home with the experience that they were having, that's really meaningful to me and to be really creative about how I say things, I think is something I've done throughout my music. Mm -hmm. So, that. Yeah. <laughs> Quality. Quality. That's what I want to be remembered for. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank guys. you. Oh.